This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. We understand that Johnson & Johnson is under fire as they battle lawsuits that span across several countries for their manufacturing and production of defective transvaginal mesh devices used in health facilities across the world. Now, locally, the nightmare is far from over as a class action lawsuit was filed at the Johannesburg High Court last year. A group of women have come forward to claim that the mesh, which was used when they underwent operations to treat their dislocated pelvic organs or urine problems, had defects and was not properly tested. This has resulted in symptoms such as constant pain in the pelvic area. The applicants claim that Johnson & Johnson was aware of these defects and failed to implement measures to protect women. Let's speak then to Carte Blanche health journalist and producer Debadi Motla, um, who has been following the story together with Chantal Klassen, who's a victim of the mesh implant on the progress with the lawsuit and possible outcomes as well. Um, I'd like to start with you, Chantal. Good evening to you. And Tabadi, good evening to you too. Um, Chantal, let me start with you. So, you know, we speak about this particular um, situation where women are now having constant pelvic area pain, right? Um, Speak to us about your situation and where you find yourself now. How did that come about? Okay, my situation, um, it started in 2018. Um, I had like a bladder issue and a severe prolapse. So then my gynae tried all, everything in his power to assist me. But then at the end of the day, we had to put this DVT in. Um, after putting that was on a 26th, of September, then it started. The same day, out of theater, I couldn't urinate. They removed the catheter and nothing came out. So they had to take me back into surgery again to see what what the cause is. So they couldn't find anything and then they sent me home with uh, a catheter to have that for 10 days on. After that, it just started with severe pelvic pains. Uh, My back, everything was just so sore. When I I put that mesh in, it was actually, it worsened my pain. At the moment, I'm being medically boarded because of this implant. I have two small children. I can't even bend. I can't even do things with them because of this implant. I had to um, catheterize myself, but I had to stop it because it, the implant was causing problems. So I went to numerous doctors and the last doctor indicated to me that they can't take this thing out because it's already in my tissues, my kidneys and everything. So the moment they put me on that theater table, I'm going to die. So I must stay left with this 
mesh inside of me for the mm. rest of my life. Mm. And I am constantly in pain. I'm using schedule six medication sure. for the pain. My intimacy with my husband is bad. I cry because it's severe, it's sore. Mm. So this thing was supposed to help me with my prolapse and with my bladder issue, but it actually worsened everything, mm. my life. I am on antidepressants. Um, I can't sit for longer hours. I can't walk. I can't do anything. I must do bit by bit because every time when I feel that something wants to come out, I can't do the Kegel exercises anymore because that's also hurtful. Mm. So this is really, for me, it's mm. draining me. It's, it's really, this is supposed to help me, but it really it doesn't. It's just, it just worsens sure. everything in my life. Sure. Devadi, I mean, you listen to situations like Chantal's, you know, and you just mm. wonder... What can she do legally? But before we get to that, um, and I'll also speak to her about that, how far is this case, this Johnson & Johnson case at the moment? So thank you so much for having me. Um, when we spoke to the lawyers who are responsible for the class action lawsuit, what they have done so far is that they have filed and they have served um, the local manufacturing companies. So the only manufacturing company locally that they have served as Johnson & Johnson, mm. and they are in a process of um, serving international um, manufacturers. That's, that's where they are with the case currently. How many people do you know are actually suing? So there are nine applicants in this um, class action lawsuit. They are women who have experienced um, similar health complications after undergoing a surgery where, like you explained earlier, it's either they had like a, a pelvic organ prolapse or urinary incontinence. Mm. And these are women who don't know each other. They've never met each other. And they knew each other from uh, Facebook groups. And them, them opening up and explaining what they're going through currently, then they realize that actually it's not because of uh, something that is out of the air. It's because after undergoing that particular surgery, the particular mesh that was used by similar manufacturing companies has caused serious health complications. That's why then they came together and decided that they're going to pursue this um, and walk in similar shoes with other women um, from abroad who have done similar um, class action lawsuits and they, they've won. Hmm. I mean, have you seen the, the, the papers as yet? Um, and, you know, They've filed these papers, but have you seen anything as yet um, when it comes to the court processes and possibly how, maybe how long this could take? You know, what are some of the consequences that these women are actually facing? Are they exactly the same as what Chantal has described? Um, yes, the papers, um, I've seen the papers. They're actually um, public knowledge. They're online. Anybody can find them. They are there and they detail um, what these women have been through. They are mm. also evidence that explain when these women went to consultations and they also explain what kind of mesh these women were implanted with. And after the mesh, then what happened? Um, did their condition get better or it got worse? So the papers 
build um, sort of like a case uh, that actually makes us understand what this mesh is and what kind of health complications this mesh um, can have on other women, not every individual, right? And this particular uh, court papers also have like research that was done, not just in South Africa, but also references other research that was done abroad. As you can remember, is that um, class action lawsuits when it comes to um, manufacturers like Johnson & Johnson in relation to uh, transvaginal mesh has been going on for so many years. And um, the complications and the realization that these particular meshes have a problem and causes health complications to other women dates back to early 2000. So when you go back to 2008, uh, the, the Food and Drug Administration in the United States realized that there are other women who have come forth and they explained that after this particular mesh was implanted in them, they have experienced what is not normal, what they don't consider as um, helpful. And the Drug and Administration um, Agency then came together with other scientists and they have done thorough research around it. And then in 2018 and 2019, the FDA then realized that um, they have to issue warnings to ensure that no other manufacturing company in the United States has to manufacture, distribute, and market transvaginal meshes. So there isn't a transvaginal mesh uh, manufacturer that is doing so in the United States currently and using that particular mesh to um, treat pelvic organ prolapse. So in South Africa, we don't have that yet. But this particular lawsuit with the paperwork that has been filed really does put together this research that has been done to make, um, of course, the public also understand that, you know, this particular mesh has serious um, health complications to certain individuals or certain patients. Yeah. Hmm. And why is it, Devadi, I mean, it's out there, right, that mm. this particular mesh, as you say, is dangerous and there are certain side effects and complications to individuals. But when you do your, you know, your work as, as a health journalist, are you seeing that more and more people are actually going for it? Are they still going for this mesh implant? Um, we have to understand as well that it's not every woman mm. who has um, these particular complications when they undergo a surgery where that particular transvaginal mesh is used. You know, what, with the research that is out there, it says that it's a smaller percentage. But even if it's a smaller percentage, there are serious, you know, health complications that these women experience. And uh, in reality, no woman has to experience that, even if it's two, yeah. three, four women, right? And once we have done the story and it was broadcasted, more women came forth and said, I am experiencing similar things. So it's not just the nine women who have filed um, this particular class action lawsuit. There are other women out there who don't know that what they're going through is because of this particular transvaginal yes. marriage. Um, and, uh, you know, so this thing has been going on for so many years that even if, you know, this woman has had this implant done in 2014, 2011, you know, they wouldn't have known that this is the particular mesh. But coming back mm -hmm. to the question of um, whether or not women still use it, um, that's a very interesting question in a sense that um, this mesh that is used is only prescribed, right? There is no patient who will go to a doctor, a urologist or a gynecologist and say, mm -hmm. I want this implant done so that I can feel better. So these are conversations that patients have with their medical professionals. And 
um, then the medical professional would decide whether or not what works. So if they believe that um, that particular patient has to go through surgery that will require a transvaginal mesh, that is what is going to be done. But the question still remains as to whether or not patients understand what a transvaginal mesh is and some of the complications that one can have once they have undergone that particular surgery where the mesh is used. Um, so it's quite crucial for patients to um, have conversations, start up conversations with their doctors and their gynecologists or urologists and try to understand what other options are there besides using this particular um, surgery where the mesh is used. What are other things that one can do to make sure that they treat their pelvic uh, prolapse or, or the urinary incontinence? Chantal, do you have any plans to um, file a, you know, what, what, what we've heard from, from Tipari, from the other um, complainants? Are, are you planning on filing a lawsuit of some sort? Yes. Um, you know, when I heard, um, like I was telling her, Tipari, when that was on Sunday when they were interviewing that lady, my sister phoned me from Johannesburg. And she told me I must put on carte blanche because there's lady similar situation that you have. So when I listened to them, I felt their pain. And, you know, um, you go to the doctor. You know, you as a patient, you don't know what is best for you. Because remember, I went for 15 surgeries to find something to help me. I even had a cocktail mixture inside where for my bladder because I've got chronic cystitis. Then eventually my guy got somebody from Cape Town. He is a doctor from Scotland. So he was like explaining to me and showing me how my, my, my organs is squashed together. And he explained to me that this type of even because of my bladder is going to lift everything up and it's gonna, my life is going to be better and I won't have to worry about wearing a pad or panty liners because of the bladder. And like I said, he said, he told me to go. He didn't say I must look and read about it. It's just like putting it, saying to me, there it is and it works for a lot of ladies, women. So I went for it. And at this point, from 2017, I've been, 2018, sorry, I, 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 I don't, before I put the machine, the pain wasn't that bad. But when after, after that, I've got a problem urinating, my back is hurting, I, my doctor boarded me, I'm currently at home. I'm only receiving a 30% of my pay. And I, I was looking for somebody, somewhere to tell me who will help me. Can someone help me? But I went on the website, maybe try to find out because the last doctor I went to, he told me about that lawsuit in, in overseas. And he also told me about a lot of ladies in Cape Town and somewhere that also had a similar situation. And he advised me to do well, to ask for compensation because my life uh, 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 slowly but surely is going backwards. My, I've got two small kids, so for me, I need to do that. If somebody can help me and 
guide me how to do this, I would really appreciate it because really it's not nice. It's my life. It's, I'm sitting at home. I can't stand. I can't go do shopping. My husband must do everything because I walk like a pregnant lady because this thing is so sore. My other doctor went and do a, um, it is a, what's that name now? It's something to do with the injection where they inject in your spine. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't go get through that mesh mm-hmm. where the, actually the problem is. So, and norm is hypogastric block. They call mm-hmm. it hypogastric mm-hmm. block. Mm-hmm. And that is supposed to keep the pain away for two years. But for me, it was only three weeks. Yeah. So I really, really need guidance and I want to be part of this lawsuit. Mm. You know, you did mention that it's not every woman that would experience the side effects or the consequences of putting this mesh implant in. But is there enough knowledge about what could possibly happen? Do you think, um, do you think, you know, it's being shared extensively for women who may need to get this mesh, um, it's, it's been shared extensively as to what could possibly happen, what the consequences could possibly be um, for a woman should she decide that she needs to have this mesh. You're talking about the, the, the health complications? Yes, health complications. So like Chantel explained earlier, uh, which is one of the most common um, complications, is that once the mesh is implanted, what some other women experience is erosion, where the mesh uh, breaks into smaller particles because the body yes. is rejecting the material. And yes. what happens when that particular erosion happens is really women experience a lot of complications, including pelvic yes. pain, including yeah. back pain, including not being able to walk properly, uh, yes. including... Uh, being bedridden, including having to want to be on pause every day because this pain is excruciating. Yes. And the difficulty of it is that once the mesh has been implanted, um, it's kind of difficult to take it out when it's been there for long and when the mesh has eroded. So when the mesh is eroded, then uh, one of the women who have spoken to in the story then explains that when she had to go take it out, the mesh was already embedded on her uterus. So for it to be taken out, it means that she has to take the uterus as well. And she yeah. had to do that because that was the only way for the mesh to come out. But even with that operation, it was still difficult for the doctor to take the mesh, all of it out, because it has broken down into particles. Mm. So they can only take out what they can have and what they can. And mm. so taking that particular small mesh out still means that she is still having that pain because not all of it is out, Right. So there are so many similar health complications that women um, experience, not just women in South Africa, like we explained earlier. It's women all over the world who have this. And one of those um, serious health complications, like Chantel explained in just a few minutes ago, is that it's very difficult to have like intimate relationships. Some women end up being alone because they cannot, cannot yes. have sexual relations because once the mesh is in and the mesh has eroded, then it causes other serious health complications in the pelvic area. So having sexual intercourse is one of the main um, consequences of this particular complication of the mesh. Yeah. So, Devadi, just for clarity, right, and it's also 
a conversation that we're also trying to understand here in studio. Um, so it breaks up into other particles. And where does it go? Where do those particles land? They land in the body. That's where they yeah. land. Yes, they land in the and body. I think yeah, Chantal will explain it even even further because she has the mesh. Yeah. And the mesh yes. has eroded. So she will explain yes. to you how that um, affects her once that particular mesh has eroded. Chantal? Yeah. Yes, that's why the doctor said they can't do anything for me because it's all over. It's by my kidneys. Yeah. And they also had to do a vaginal hysterectomy. And um, like I say, it's all over. You can just, it, my whole tummy is swollen. It's all over. Kidneys, the works, it's all over. <laughs> this is all over. This is... That's why I say when I, when I do the catheterization, I can uh-huh. feel it. I can feel it. And when I take the catheter out, it is so... It is so severe, it's so sore that my doctor said I, I, I mustn't do that anymore because that mesh is keeping some of my, 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 my urine back also. That oh is also another goodness. problem. So now you get infections. I, every time, without fail, I get infections. Chantal, it sounds like you have consistent pain, as you've mentioned to us, but it also sounds know. like you've got consistent conditions, other additional yes. conditions. Because yes. of this mesh. And yes. you say doctors say they, they can't do anything. They can't they assist can't you. Because if I'm sitting on the problem for eight hours, I'm sitting. We have tried to do 20 minutes. That didn't work. Because at work, um, I had to take my medication. Mm. When I get at home, I just crawl to the shower because of the pain. Then I tell my husband, I can't do anything. I, I just need to lay down. I can't do this anymore. I, I, be, I became depressed because I thought to myself that I'm going to be better. I know I'm going to be better because I've got this inside of me. But then when I came out of the theater, from day one, it started. I, wa- I couldn't go out with my family. Um, I just want to be left alone because they don't understand what I'm going through. Mm. And whenever my husband wants to be intimate, I'm so afraid. I don't know what is going to happen. And mm. I'm crying while, we, while he's busy with me because what I must, I, I must keep my tummy up just so that I can relax. Sure. So, it's really, it's, it's, it's bad. Really, I must say, from 2018, my colleagues, they know, I was, I was, I was in a bad, in bad shape. And then, I, I went to physiotherapy, mm. go to this doctor, doctor said, no, he can't help me. Go to the other one. They can't help me. The last one told me that, unfortunately, if I must take you to theater and I'm going to cut you open, you're going to die. So I had to make a choice between my life and my children or work with the pain. 
because my back, it's like something is pulling me forward. Mm. Something is pulling me. It's like something is pulling me. I can't sweep. I can't mop. I can't. I must sit and fold the washing because I just feel it's, it's, it's severe pain. Sure. I've got all these scheduled six morphine pills. And then, because of my bladder issue, I had to go eight times every night to go to the mm. toilet. Yeah. The doctor put me on Fanagan, but still, it's the same. Devani, mm. where is the, the court case now? When, when will it be in court, actually, this particular case? So I think um, in the coming months, they will be able to finally go to court, but it's still a process, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be something that will happen uh, this year and get, 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 get concluded. Mm. So it will be a longer process that will require, like I said earlier on, serving um, international manufacturers and mm. uh, trying to figure out that how that can work in South Africa. But um, it looks promising that this woman have a case. Uh, because, like Chantel said earlier on, you know their their complications and what they're crying about is not new. Mm-hmm. It's not something that hasn't been heard by other courts elsewhere in the world. It, this, this, these are these are cries that women have heard for so many years, and finally it happens in South Africa where women are taking action about it. So um, hopefully this, this this lawsuit can can um, you know give other women actually the ability to also come back and. Um, tell their stories about this particular mesh mm. and see what how they can be helped as mm. well. Yeah. Sure. Cot Blanche, health journalist and producer Debadi Mota, Chantal Klaas, and a victim of the mesh implant. Thank you so much for your time you this for evening. Me. And Chantal, all the best. You know, all the best Thank when you. you do decide to place that lawsuit um, against this company. All the best. Um, and good luck with, you know, the, the, the life that you have right now. You're alive. I think we must be yeah. grateful for that, that you're alive. You can spend some time with your children. Thank you for sharing your story this evening. Thank you for having me. Sure. What a heartbreaking story. Heartbreaking. Can barely do anything. My goodness. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.